0: Hello and welcome to the Friday, October 8th, 2021 edition of On Iowa Politics. Fundraising numbers are in for Q3. Q3, that's what all the cool kids call the third quarter. (laughs) Iowa candidates put up some big numbers. State Senator Liz Mathis set a national Q3 record for a first-time candidate with an impressive $640,000. U.S. Representative Ashley Hinson said, hold my beer, and reported raising more than a million dollars during the same three months. And former Representative Abby Finkenauer also posted more than a $1 million for her campaign to unseat Senator Chuck Grassley, who could probably raise that much money by selling a couple acres of Butler County farmland.
1: But why would he?
0: (laughs) But why would he? (laughs) (laughs) He'd have to run that through the family, I guess.
1: Uh, (laughs) And
0: in Washington, uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell blinked, or did he wink? and agree to let Democrats raise the debt ceiling until December. Merry Christmas and bah humbug to any member of Congress hoping to be home for the holidays. Hi, I'm James Lynch of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. With me today are Tom Barton of the Quad City Times. Uh, Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, James. Amy Rivers of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Good afternoon, Amy.
1: Good afternoon, James.
0: Aaron Murphy, Lee Newspaper Statehouse Bureau Chief. Good morning, Aaron, or good afternoon.
2: Just yeah, good, good day to you, sir. How about that?
0: Good day, yes. And to said opinion editor, Todd Dorman, good to talk to you any time of the day, Todd.
3: Well, and I also say good day. Good day <laughs> to you. Good day and good minutes. No, uh, uh, <laughs> you can
0: find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to On our Politics wherever you find the podcast. This week, we're talking about redistricting again, and the Donald comes calling. First up, redistricting. After running thousands of algorithms, the nonpartisan legislative services agency delivered a redistricting plan to Iowa lawmakers who rejected it and told the agency, which is part of the legislative branch of government, to do a better job. Legislature met in special session Tuesday, and when the House gaveled in, Representative Cecil Dolachek offered an invocation asking for divine guidance to help members consider the redistricting plan, quote, with a rational perspective and to put aside personal desires. Turns out uh, the prospect of 62 incumbents being drawn into districts with at least one other incumbent wasn't an issue uh, for representatives because senators voted down the plan. House members collected their $175 per diem and went home. Uh, for that much money, I hope they have the decency to buy dinner for their Senate colleagues. <laughs> Aaron, uh, you were at the Capitol for the session. It, it, it seemed by the time Tuesday rolled around, there was little doubt Republicans were going to vote down this plan. There wasn't much debate in the Senate. Um, were senators just going through the motions?
2: Yeah. Um, I, so I was in the Senate when they gaveled in, and, and um, noticeably, their prayer did not contain that same um, <laughs> wish that legislators put away their personal desires, because I suspect uh that wouldn't have uh, gotten an amen in that chamber. Um, Yeah, no, you were on right there. By the time it came to, um, God bless, what day of the week was that? Was it Tuesday? Um, Tuesday. Yeah, thank you. Time's a flat circle anymore. Um, When it came to Tuesday, we we pretty much suspected uh, this thing wasn't happening. But I will say that there was just enough... Um, uncertainty when you talk to folks, what you heard a lot was, I don't think so. I think they're going to reject it, but I'm not sure. So there was just enough uncertainty in there. Um, clearly the House was willing to go along with it. They were ready to approve it. So it was just on the Senate side. Um, so apparently there was just enough uncertainty, even in the Senate side, that maybe they were going to hold their noses and, and think to think that, you know, we don't love this one, but it, the next one might not be any better on down the road. Uh, that maybe they were still thinking about it until the 11th hour, but ultimately um, they rallied the troops and voted in unison to, to strike them down. Um, which, again, uh, despite those consternations, we suspected they would. So we figured we're at the very least headed for a second map. Um, now it gets even more interesting because. Um, obviously, Republicans have been relentlessly peppered with questions about the potential for them trying to put their thumb on the scales if it if they send it to a third step in this process. Um, shameless plug and self promotion: We just asked Jack Whitfer about that again just a couple hours ago, uh, taping for this weekend's episode of Iowa Press. So um, this next decision is going to be interesting to me because. Um, it will in part tell me whether they have the stomach to go for that third map and, and the possibility of amending those maps. Um, and, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. Senate Republicans have been pretty uh, unabashed in their uh, agenda during uh, this time of having complete control of the state house. And now the question is, are they willing to push this all the way and, and, and maybe try and draw Uh, some districts on their own. Um, This second vote will tell us a lot about that because if they reject this one, then their only remaining options are take what they're given with the third map, whether they like it or not, or amend them, which would create some blowback to say the least.
0: Aaron, I'm hearing sort of like mixed uh, messages from folks around the county. I mean, people who have been watching this that some folks are saying that Jack Whitford is sort of like Trying to hold back his caucus from going to the nuclear nuclear option, and, and other folks uh, keep telling me that no, he, he's leading the charge. Do you get any indications? I, I mean, so uh, that's interesting. He,
2: yeah, we I, did. I mean, we did to the extent of, and, and this conversation didn't happen on air. Um, it happened after we stopped, and we're just kind of um, it wasn't off the record or anything like that, but it was just kind of more conversational. We're just kind of talking about the whole process. And I got the impression from Senator Whitford that this is not his favorite thing in the world to be doing right now. Um, it, it very much had an air of he'd rather have it done and over with, and, and in the rearview mirror. Um, so from that standpoint, it makes me makes you know the, again me reading the tea leaves think that uh, you know he he doesn't necessarily want this to get dragged out to its you know. Farthest and and final conclusion, he'd be just as well to Mm. to to get this thing moved on. So it's which which if that's true, if that's accurate, if I'm reading that correctly, then that makes me think that the ambition is coming uh, from within the caucus, not from the top.
0: Mm. Interesting. Todd, um, this iteration of redistricting, uh, as Aaron mentioned, lacked the drama of previous years when lawmakers got the maps at their desk and saw their political lives flash in front of their eyes. Um, uh, uh, a Democratic, or I mean, excuse me, a Republican operative told me this week that the second plan couldn't be any worse for her party. Um is that true? <laughs> I mean, or is it just uh, different people who will uh, see their political lives flash in front of the rise when that second map comes out?
3: Yeah, it it may not be better. I mean, the population trends are are pretty hard to get around: You're growing urban areas and shrinking rural areas, and that's you know going to lead to bigger rural districts that ensnare you know incumbents pull them together and and put more districts in the urban areas where uh, Republicans don't know what to do as well. Uh, you know, it's, I think, I can't help but think some of this was driven a little bit by the, or maybe a lot, by the congressional maps. I know that there was, you know, that we saw the articles in, in places like Political with blind quotes from, you know, Republican campaign operatives saying that, you know, if, if if Pat Grassley pushes the first maps through the House, then he'll be known as, you know, Pelosi Pat, who helped her keep the majority. Uh, I guess, you know, you mentioned Ashley Henson's big mountain of money she's raised. She may want to sprinkle some of that into the campaign coffers of, uh, you know, state Senate Republicans who who sort of helped her avoid a political oblivion by not approving this map, which would have thrown her into a district that was uh, pretty democratic. Or, so, or closing costs on yeah. the home sale. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's, you know, which is the opposite of the way it used to be. You mentioned that the drama wasn't there. It used to be that the that lawmakers were very much interested in the, in the legislative districts and the congressional districts were sort of not as important. But it seems like this time, maybe the congressional districts, at least that that allowing that Eastern Iowa first district with Johnson and Lynn County. And it actually sort of drove, drove the bus. So, uh, you know, they're going to get a second map, but it's, you know, the, the, the technology is out there for them to already basically have their dream maps set up. So I, I mean, I, I really do think this is going to go to a third map. I mean, I could be wrong, but, uh, I don't really, you know, if you look at some of the things that they've done over the past four years, I don't think that political fallout is particularly high on their list of things to be concerned about. So uh, yeah, they'll they'll get accused of gerrymandering and, and you know, but in the end, I don't, if they can get a map that gives them a good congressional district advantage, three to one at least, and that, you know, doesn't throw as as many of their incumbents together, I think they'll that's what they'll try to do and the, you know the the scribbles of you know liberal editorial page pages across the state be damned
0: <laughs> yeah well it, let, let, let's assume it goes to the third map and Republicans uh, have their map drawn and, and and you make a good point Todd that it, you know pretty much anybody who wants it has the the software. Uh, to draw these maps and, and probably draw them in a way that um, meets the guidelines, the, the constitutional guidelines. They may not be great maps, but, uh, you know, they, they can make an argument that they meet those uh, standards. So if this goes to the court, uh, state Supreme Court, six of the seven justices are Republican appointees. Will they uh, approve a map that favors uh, Republicans or send it back to the LSA? Um for another algorithm, to run some more algorithms, and and give the court a map to uh, approve? Um, Do you think the the justices want to do that?
3: Well, if it, I mean, yeah, you pointed out that these are, you know, this this court leans conservative. uh, And the quickest way for them to get this problem out of their hair would be to say, that the third map amended by the legislature is, con- is constitutional and abides by all of those, you know, all of those rules, and then it's over. I mean, otherwise they have to get involved, and it, obviously they've shown that they don't really want to get very deeply involved in this, so I would think that the Republicans would have a pretty decent chance of, of clearing a court challenge.
0: The court has given the the legislature until December 1st, and uh, there was a lot of speculation that there wouldn't be time to get to a third map before December 1st. Now, uh, LSA has said they'll have a second map by October 21st, which means the legislature could meet as soon as October 28th if they reject the map then. Basically, that would give... Uh, uh, LSA the month of November to come up with a third map and legislature to get back together and and approve it. Uh, amend it and approve it, or however you choose to think they'll uh, proceed. Um, but uh, I, I guess we'll find out probably before the end of the month, um, when the legislature meets again and whether they like the second map any better or if they want to go with the the maps they have drawn uh, themselves.
3: Well, and the the court set the deadline, so there's right. nothing says that the court couldn't ex- extend the deadline. I mean, yeah. I don't know that they would, but that's, I mean, they basically have the power to do that.
4: Well, and
2: and and uh, <clears throat> sorry, I was just going to toss in that, and that's an interesting point, Todd. We actually asked Senator Whitford that this morning, and he, you know, said his understanding is. The court would stick to that um, and not change it, but he, he didn't, you know, say that that was set in stone. And uh, although the other thing he did say is, uh, and uh, the court has its own constitutional deadline if they're going to decide on this. And, and I'll be honest, I, I I wasn't even aware of this that they have to rule on any contest by December thirty first. Um, that was honestly the the first that I heard about that. James, you're not in your head. Does that sound familiar to you?
0: Yeah, I think I've seen that that they they yeah, have to decide okay. by then.
2: Yeah. So, so that, so that's hanging out there too. They have to take that into consideration. And then the other thing, anyways, is LSA turning around the second map so fast um, in just 16 days. I think that kind of makes it so we can pretty clearly get to a third map, and still plenty of time for yeah. that December first deadline.
3: That's that's going to be a pretty sweet news drop on New Year's Eve late when, <laughs> when they when they roll on the on the maps. Don't get too deep into the champagne, folks. <laughs> Keep it chilled.
2: You're either going to use it or toss it. We'll, we'll, we'll see.
0: <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of interesting, Saturday, for the first time since his re-election was stolen, or if you believe the big lie that Joe Biden won, former <laughs> President Donald Trump will be back in <laughs> Iowa. Uh, He'll be speaking at the state fairgrounds. I assume he'll be arriving by helicopter and giving rides, um, as he did the last time.
1: Um,
0: We don't know how large of a crowd he'll attract, but he's already uh, got a crowd of Republican elected officials, Chuck Grassley, Kim Reynolds, members of Congress, who will be on hand to meet him. Um, Representative Ashley Hinson explained uh, a week or so ago that her participation likely will be a chance to connect with constituents who, are, who will be there to see Trump. However, uh, she and other Republicans are on the program warming up the crowd for Trump. Todd, uh, Hinson is on her fourth 20-county tour of the first district. Grassley and Reynolds do 99-county tours. Do they really need another opportunity to connect with constituents, or is this about self-protection? making sure they're present and the former president uh, who I guess is going to be reinstated according to Steve Bannon, they uh, said it'll be in 2022 uh, just make sure that the former president doesn't speak ill of them for not being present and um, kissing the ring.
3: So Yeah. They, they keep moving that reinstatement date. We'll have to see how that <laughs> turns out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Donald Trump, for all practical purposes, is the leader of the Republican Party, and when the leader of the Republican Party, who's popular with Republican voters in Iowa, comes to the state, you you show up and you you warm up the crowd and you get your picture taken with him and uh, you show him you're loyal and you show your his voters that you're on the Trump train and and that's you know that's that's how you know Ashley Henson got elected. I mean, that was a, it was a big Trump surge in Iowa that carried a lot of Republicans along for the ride. And, and that's why she's in Congress. So, you know, of course, and she's expressed a lot of support for his policies and, and his approach to immigration and other issues. So yeah, it makes sense that she would, she would show up with a former president.
0: Tom, uh, Trump is touring red States. Um, It seems like he's sort of firing a warning shot at Joe Biden who's had a few rough months with the Afghanistan withdrawal, um, his agenda stuck in Congress. Um, And and Trump, according to the latest uh, Iowa poll, is, um, you know, pretty popular in Iowa. Fifty three percent of Iowans have a favorable view of him uh, compared to 45 percent with an unfavorable view. He carried the state both in 2016 and 2020 um does his uh, rally in des moines does all this feed that image of someone with you know grassroots appeal popular with the people who might have won the 2020 election and and, and could win in 2024 i think so um
4: you know this is also the you know jaded journalist and, and cynic in me who just thinks that this is you know trump you know trying to remain relevant right um and, and, you know, I think this is also his attempt, uh, you know, potentially to, um, you know, deflect attention that um, he's been getting um, with um, books coming out and, and then, uh, you know, the recent report from, um, uh, from the Senate Judiciary Committee um, talking about the pressure campaign that he mounted um, within the DOJ to try and get high-ranking Uh, justice officials to um, overturn the election. I think that this is his attempt to, you know, deflect, um, you know, some media buzz and attention away from that and back on to to President Biden and um, focus attention on the midterms and focus attention on, um, you know, difficulties that uh, the Biden administration has had trying to get its agenda passed in Congress.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've we've seen a um, steady stream of Republicans coming to Iowa, potential 2024 candidates. Um, but, Amy, uh, Trump recently commented that I would beat everyone else. <laughs> Is he coming here not only to sort of send a message to Joe Biden, but also to send a message to uh, Republicans, uh, anyone thinking about uh, running for the 2024 GOP nomination, that they'll have to go through him?
1: They will. I mean, they honestly will. He's made his intentions pretty clear um, whether he's officially you know, signed up to run for president or not. Um, and honestly, like, you know, Tom's right that he could be, you know, shoring up support, but he really does have a ton of support. You look at the latest um, Iowa poll numbers that just came out this week, and I think it was like 53% of uh, Republicans, said, or people in general, said their favorable view of Trump So that's huge for him, um, especially this early in the race. Obviously, there's not a ton of other name recognition right now to go off of. You know, Biden still pulls the best out of Democrats um, in that potential contest as well. But yeah, I think he's still got that support. Why not run on it right now and really just like make yourself the top of that field if that's your intention to run in 2024? So I think that's exactly what he's doing. Um, Donald Trump doesn't care about passing the torch, you know, to the other members of the party. Um, He's very much um, in the running for for the presidency and and is going to be doing everything he can to, I think, secure that in everybody's minds.
0: It seems unlikely that he's going to announce or say that he's running for president because there's a whole lot of issues with fundraising and and those sorts of things that come into play once you say you're a candidate. um, Mm -hmm. But uh, so, I mean, he could freeze the field for 2024, and it almost seems like Joe Biden in the same position that he can freeze the democratic field there there's Mm -hmm. speculation that he won't run again that he might run again um he can delay his announcement and and, uh you know democrats aren't going to want to fly too close to the sun by looking like they're challenging the you know sitting president from their own party Mm -hmm. um i mean i I could see maybe a progressive canada uh getting out there trying to um get some leverage uh, to use uh, in negotiating with the president, but I don't see Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg or, or, quote unquote, mainstream Democrats uh, acting like presidential candidates, and, and unless Joe Biden signals that he's not running for re-election, um, at the same yeah. time. Uh, Go ahead, Amy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. And especially right now, um, you've got those candidates that would be in uh, positions to do so, probably really focused on the midterms. Um, You've got a lot of pressure from the national political uh, parties and um, the different committees that are just saying we need midterm focus right now. So I think that's where they're at.
0: Todd, the the Democrats are using the Trump visit to try to fire up their base and and raise funds. Um, If but if they see a large enthusiastic crowd out there Saturday night, does that dampen any thoughts uh, the rank and file might have about turning Iowa blue or at least purple uh, in two thousand and twenty-two?
3: Yeah, well, it would. I guess it would be hard to, you know, dampen them even more than the <laughs> drubbing they took <laughs> in two thousand and twenty. Yeah. I mean, right. it's they lost all over the place, and uh, so. Yeah, they're they're all they're already very damp, and so this could this could cause more dampening. You're right, but uh, you know Trump running Trump rallies are sort of a funny animal. I mean, they of course a lot of the folks there will be his supporters, and uh, but folks will drive in from out of state. You'll also have people go that are kind of curious to see the the circus. Uh, so and he's you know he's always had big rallies and. And sometimes, you know, those in, in, in many states and sometimes those translate into into a big show of, of how powerful his support is. And other times they, they don't. I think, you know, the, the poll was mentioned. Uh, a huge number. I forget. Was it 90, 91 percent of Republicans? Something like approve, that. Approve mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Donald Trump. And right. he was real popular among un, unvaccinated people. <laughs> and so that might be one reason not to go to the Trump rally, but they'll probably be there anyway. So it's, yeah, I think, I think it will be a, you know, it will be a sign, although there's also a, a pretty big football game tomorrow mm-hmm. afternoon that might, I don't know if people can, if it's maybe, it might be over by seven and they can, you know, rush over there, but but maybe not. So that that could oh. be a factor.
2: I if would say yeah no
1: he said big football
4: game <laughs> yeah you guys
3: <laughs> yeah well it's you know it's only supposed to be a nice sunny fall october day in the low 80s so i don't it, it won't be much fun to go to the football game no, no <laughs> not at all not at all i would <laughs> rather be inside a building at the fairgrounds uh-huh,
5: uh-huh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> of course of
0: course well that's it, it it for this edition of on iowa politics if you enjoy the podcast tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast send fan mail to podcast at the you can find us on the home pages of the quad city times sioux city journal muscatine journal mason city globe gazette waterloo cedar falls courier and the gazette before we go, I want to invite podcast listeners to join the Gazette for Iowa Ideas 2021. Visit iowaideas.com to see the full lineup of speakers and discussions, uh, and it, registration is free. Also, if you're in the area, Todd and I will be participating in Pints and Politics October 14th at Millstream Brewing in Amana. For more on that, visit thegazette.com special-events. And look for our ugly mugs. <laughs> Stephen Christopher will take us out. If you know an Iowa band or musician who should be on our show, send us a sound file and subscribe to On Iowa Politics. For Aaron, Todd, Tom, Amy, and our producer, Stephen, I'm James Lynch. Thanks for listening. Stay well.
5: I lost my job, and I lost my girl, and so much more. Same old country song, it seems you. sword and every man trying to be a better me cause I'm holding on to To. On my own and I'm letting go of everything I've ever known. I'm moving on, I'm driving down.